Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back again to the Straight Talk Podcast. We are your hosts, SES Vince and Basharat, and we are gonna rant and rave and vent and just let it all out. This is a safe space for all Bulls fans. Bosh, how are you doing, man? Well, luckily you're asking me now and not right after that Charlotte game because I'm doing a lot better with, you know, a day of uh, rest and, and recovery. And I even put on in one of that old uh, Lakers-Mavericks matchup that went to overtime and kind of washed the taste out of uh, my head of that of that awful Bulls performance. Not just that one, but the one the day before, too. Oh, my God. The Indiana one where they were up by 20-plus points at like at in the second quarter – let it get down to 16 and a half and then just blew the entire league. I was already the mad they let it get down to 16 and a half. Me too. Me what too. What the fuck was that? Oh my god. Uh if you guys don't already make sure to like, follow, subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you can hear all these rants and raves. If you haven't, go check out our Twitch and YouTube, which I think at some point we're gonna change to something else at at Twitch, twitch.tv slash SESVince, youtube.com slash SESVince, subscribe, follow, download, all that good stuff. And you could also join the conversation, turn on the bell notification so you know when the brand new episode drops. And we are going to randomly drop an episode like today because this is recorded literally off the heels off, off of our NBA All-Star Predictions episode. It is currently 2.31 a.m. here Central Standard Time. And we just started talking about the Chicago Bulls after the conclusion of our All-Star Recording podcast. And we just said, fuck it. We're going to rant about the Bulls because we let's, haven't let's just ranted make it a about podcast. the Bulls. Yeah, let's talking. just make it. Because yeah. we were already talking, so we might as well just make it into a podcast. So before we we had the epiphany to turn this into a podcast, do you remember what was the last thing we were, you were mentioning where we left off? Yeah, I do. Um we're going back to so I mentioned in the Indiana game was first, which was frustrating because not only had Indiana lost like eight straight games and they were they were just sliding down the standings, they were without Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm. They're only really truly good player, the only one who was like an all-star lock for us from those teams at the, yeah. the bottom. And um they had just lost to them. They blew a 20-point lead, like you said. But I was mentioning something in the Charlotte game. Like th- this is a game you went to Charlotte. Charlotte is even more awful. Like we just had the standings up for where these teams are. The this the Hornets are the second worst team in the East. They're one of the four worst teams in the in the entire league. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, I mean, they're just a mess. They don't have Miles Bridges, of course, because of the offseason drama. But even without that, like yeah, Gordon Hayward is off and on in the in the lineup, and so is Lamelo Ball. But even with those guys, dude, like, Lamelo Ball struggled. Uh, he was from terrible. The field. He was launching, dude. He launches some of the wor- him and Terry Rozier were taking some of the most ill-advised fucking shots I've ever seen, ever. Like they take such stupid shots. They, these the didn't the Hornets? They went, dude. They went nineteen. Owen missed Owen, in yeah, a row exactly. before they finally hit one. Lamelo finally hit like a deep three, I think, and they were like one for nineteen. They missed eighteen three pointers in a row. 
Like, come on. And uh, they how, still how, managed to get the lead. In that time, the Bulls had a twelve, had an eight-point lead in the third quarter that they finally built up. And the Hornets immediately pulled off a 12-0 run without any threes while the Bulls just kind of haplessly looked at each other and kept turning the ball over. It was, it's just so – it's surprising but not surprising at, at this point because – they went on this Paris trip and they got the win over the Detroit Pistons handily. It, it, at no point was it in doubt. They beat the def- the defending champions, Golden State Warriors, before they leave for that road trip. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't who did they beat before then? They beat the was it the Hawks before? The yeah, Warriors? they beat the Hawks. Oh no, they beat the Hawks when they came back from Paris. So that's a three game winning trip. Uh, winning. Streak. Oh yeah, they, yeah, because they, beat- they they beat the Hawks on Monday. Right. So they beat the Warriors. They beat the Pistons in Paris. They came back. They beat the Hawks. You're like, all right, once again, this team has finally put it together and they've got the defensive attention. They've committed to moving the ball. Vucevic, who had dropped 43 points in one of the games and was just playing. First of all, we, we were talking about how phenomenally consistent he's been all year. He's been the Bulls. Honestly, he's been the Bulls' best player. He's been oh, better than yeah, DeMar. Yeah, honestly, like hands down. Like, and you see it when the Bulls play through Vooch. And it's 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 so frustrating to continuously mention it because we sound like broken records. Stacey like, King says it every we single We sound fucking... like Stacey King and Will Purdue and these old school guys and Kendall Gill. I'm not Dude, an old school guy. Bulls. I don't think you play like post, but this is clearly the best way for the Bulls to win because Vucevic, you're not throwing it to, to Vucevic to post up like 30 times a game. No, you're th- you're throwing it to him because he's a great passer. And when he doesn't, when they don't double him, he's a really great mid, you know, mid-range and low post scorer. He's just phenomenal with the ball. He moves the ball. He usually doesn't even touch it for a second. He grabs the ball and immediately finds somebody to move it to. They just their offense sometimes, flows so much better. With sometimes him. it's even like a touch pass. He's not. He doesn't even hold it for half a second right. before he's already released it to the next open guy. And here's the thing: a lot of those open, wide open shots that they get from three are because they feed Vooch in the post. Yeah, and it's just it's so crazy to me because this is the same. T- well, not the same team, but this this was a franchise that went through a similar situation. Granted, not exactly the same, but similar. Losing your point guard, your main source of offense, where you play through. And we played through Joakim Noah. And what happened then? That team went ahead and superseded expectations. They thought there was that that Derrick Rose-less team after the first ACL tear in 2012. They thought that was going to be in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Dead in the water lottery team. What happened? They made it to the playoffs. They actually won their first round series. Well, they won an a... epic seven game first round series against the, the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets, Nets. Yes. in which Joakim Noah with plantar fasciitis was just was just an inspiration. They had that epic Nate Robinson game, but like they provided excitement. They went to the second round, man. Like, they... dude, this, this I, can, honestly... you, can you imagine this fucking team going to the second round? I, like, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't imagine them winning their first play-in tournament game if they even get to the. That would at this be point. amazing to me if they want to play in tournament game. I, I would be shocked if the the way they respond to pressure at the end of games. I mean, Demar has. By the way, people focus on Zach. Demar has dribbled the ball off his foot. He's failed mm-hmm. to catch a pass cleanly. He's gotten stripped in late in games consistently. He's happened. Yes. This has happened over and over. That one game that we won in overtime, uh, we got lucky because Demar just kicked the ball out when he, on the last play of regulation. He just bounced it off his knee and let it go out of bounds when time ran out. Yeah. I mean, and then then you get to Zach. Zach missed 
okay, I get it. The clock's in your head. You think like five second count at any point. And he, you know, he, he probably saw Alex Caruso right at the moment. He'd already made the decision to call timeout. Probably a smart play, but Zach, you got to stop staring down DeMar. Look around the court. You could see Caruso was open already. You know, Dude, like, I saw Caruso open before he even got open. I did I too, like, before he was actually open. Like, you could see that they, they left him. They completely left him alone. Who was it? There. Kelly Oubre Jr., I think, that sagged off of him. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. I probably. think it was... Yeah. No, no, you're thinking of the... Uh, like, this was in the Pacers game, right? That oh. Zach did that, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. We it had was, too many uh... terrible losses. Uh, Jesus yeah, Christ. I forget who it was, but they, they started hedging towards DeMar and they completely forgot about Caruso behind them in the lane. And that's when, like you said, that's when I it saw been an easy two. and Caruso then ran to the other side to make it an easier pass. And by that point, Zach was already calling timeout. And it's uh, like, my, oh my, my God. question, my question here for Billy Donovan is why the fuck was Zach the inbounder? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, and I mean, I don't the... even, I don't even completely disagree with that. I just... I just feel like Donovan, like, is there no other play than to just throw the ball into DeMar and then run Vooch off a of secondary action as the backup? Like, I, I don't know, man. Does the, do the players not have it in there? And we were, we were talking about, again, we just mentioned it on the pod, how well the offense flows in the same fucking game playing through Vooch. In that game, in both of these games, the Pacers and Hornets games, they were killing these teams playing through Vooch. They were just, offense was looking beautiful. The ball was zipping around every player. I remarked to myself, I almost made a note on the notepad thinking about mm-hmm. like how good Io and uh, uh, particularly uh, Pat Will looked playing, you know, in this offense where the ball is hopping around, they're cutting and screening for each other and, and the, they're getting the ball in rhythm, not like desperation shots. So you just catch it, confidently shoot and drill it. I mean, it, it was looking beautiful. And I don't know why you just go away from that. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. It falls on the players. It falls on coaching. But I want to put more emphasis of the blame on both DeMar and Zach. Yeah, no, they definitely they deserve they feel, the fucking blame, man. They deserve all the fucking blame. Because hero ball. They're just playing hero ball. And you're not, this I'm isn't sorry. 2K. This isn't 2K. You're not playing your micro. You need to try to fucking win. Right and and do what's like what's helping you get these wins is playing through Vooch. Hell, Zach gets some of the easiest shots in his whole fucking oh, career yeah. off, off of a Vooch. And yeah. and what what frustrates me is this is what we were talking about off air is he seems to understand it like through the game he's the one who actually goes looking for Vucevic. Why I think he, he he plays better with Vooch than Demar. He plays way better with him. Why then? late in the game does he think that now it's on him like that like he thinks he's kobe and he now has because to shot, he got man. that big payday he thinks he has to be that guy because he feels the pressure no not i think only these the guys have base, been diseased but... by like because of kobe bryant like everybody like now thinks that you got to do what kobe did and yeah some people you know tatum tatum seems to have learned his his learned how to play right since the when the celtics were struggling he, he tried to do the hero ball to thing too but you watch him now late in games and he's deliberate he takes his time and he spreads passes the around the game floor. where they beat us. They doubled Jay- Jason Tatum and he kicked it to L Horford in the yep, corner for, for a three. three and sealed the game. Yeah. Instead of trying to dribble through them and losing the ball off his knee or, or, you know, exactly. Getting Look, stripped. I love Kobe PJ Bryant. Fucking McConnell. I love Kobe Bryant. Heck his number eight is part of the logo for the podcast. Yep. And like, but you're not everyone's Kobe Bryant. Yeah, man. 
And even Kobe, even Kobe, man, was frustrating sometimes at the end of games. Like, you know, sometimes you were like, Kobe, that was a shot you probably shouldn't have taken. Also, too, also, too, Kobe, when he had talent, when he had help, he deferred. Heck, his last championship he won, he was not the primary scorer in that final ceiling game. He was the, he had like 17 rebounds. He was doing all the other extra things. He was playing through everyone else, like Ron Artest and Paul Gasol. Yeah, it, it's it's these guys like that. They, they just think I don't know, man. I, I don't understand what they're thinking because again, Zach shows through the game that he plays well with Vooch. He understands how well the ball moves with Vucevic. It's frustrating that he goes from way away from that at the end of games. He said his hand is his is hurt. It's clearly hurt. Uh, there was a reporter, Bulls beat reporter, who said that his knuckle was like swollen, like yeah. post game. Like okay, why are you trying to dribble through T.J. McConnell hounding you up at half court then? Like move the ball, man. Like you're you, you've proven you could do it, dude. Well, also, why... shout out to TJ McConnell. He's been around for like forever, and yeah. to me, he just kind of like seems like that 72, 74 overall white guy in two K. <laughs> but in that game, he looked like Kirk Heinrich in his prime. Yeah, I was about to bring up the Kirk Heinrich, except like Kirk Heinrich was a much better player than TJ McConnell. This oh, is embarrassing to have this done to you over and over by McConnell. There was a clip where Wade talked about, you know, they were talking on one of the podcasts and with, you know, other former players, retired players, and they asked him, mm-hmm. you know, who was his most troubled matchup, and he brought up Kirk Heinrich and how much he played it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. TJ McConnell's not that good, man. Come on, Zach. No. Like, this is ridiculous. What I wanted to get to, too, is there's coaching frustration. Billy Donovan does show the ability, like, we complained about his, like, how much he sticks to his game plan and rosters, right? And, mm-hmm. like, his – so what he does show is – from game to game, he does adjust, like, or week to week, or, you know, after stretches. Like, you've seen him, you know, play Vucevic and Zach more together. You've seen him start to bring Kobe White in the game earlier. Stuff like that, he does adjust. But once you're in the game, it seems like whatever substitution pattern he has in mind, he doesn't fucking stray from it. When Zach wasn't injured and he was killing it, he mm-hmm. still sat Zach at the beginning of those fourth quarters, end of those third quarters, while the Bulls would just cough up these leads or get buried. And then it's like you, you're getting your ass kicked. You're, you're falling out of the playoff race. This is the middle of the season. You don't have time to fuck around anymore. Bring him back in the game. I'm sorry. This is a game you can't afford to lose. But no, Zach would sit until like there's six minutes left in the game. And, hey. I think that's one of the main issues that, like, is this team's kind of taking on the identity of its coach because they come in with a game plan, right? Right. They execute it at the start of games. Then at halftime, they go away from the game plan because the team makes adjustments at halftime, throws them completely off, and neither Billy Donovan nor the players They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. They just like, okay, well, fuck, hero ball. Yeah. Even though, and here's the thing. All they do is just make it slightly more difficult to execute what they've been doing from the start, like playing through Vooch. Like, that's the thing. We, and we talked about it on the last time. We talked about the Bulls. Like, they front Vooch, and then they're afraid to throw it to Vooch. Yeah. And it's like. Nothing. The Bulls got nothing at that point. Yeah. No. It's, you, you, you could have, again, you could have fucking. Like Trey Young front Vooch and the Bulls would be like, oh shit, what do we do? You know, it's 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 so it's let me get crazy. the substitution pattern thing. Uh, we were talking about this before, right before we decided to start recording. In the Charlotte game, Bulls had an eight point lead in the third quarter. Right, Patrick Williams goes out. This is one of those few games where Patrick Williams was a difference maker. He was yes. physically present 
on the glass defensively, even on offense, he was getting to the rim. Remember, he, remember he's from North Carolina. He, he just went to his high school and got honored. It looked like he was especially motivated and, and fired up. And Rightly I think so. he was playing fucking great, even though he was missing some dunks and whatnot. He was playing awesome. The, the Hornets felt him. Williams goes out. Like, it's a regular substitution pattern. Fine. You know, he needed to pulled out. Um, we go small, which I, I actually agree with most of the time when, when Donovan does it. But the Bulls immediately go go down. Like, or they, they cough up that eight-point lead. Charlotte goes on, like, a 12-0 run. Not like. They go on a 12-0 run to take a four-point lead. The entire time, Pat Will is on the bench. Donovan finally brings him back in. You're already down four at that point. And now you're – and by that point, DeMar has resorted to isoing at the top of the key again. Over and yes. over, and all the rest of the players are standing around. And like, and, dude, adjust to the fucking game. Pat Will was having an impact. You, you're, you're losing the lead. You haven't scored a single fucking point. You haven't been able to stop the Hornets, who are not even hitting any threes. It was, you know, they're just scoring twelve straight points on two pointers. Bring him back in the game. Adjust, dude. That was that was the point I was gonna gonna make because Kendall Gill made that point. Is that Patrick Williams, oh, no, it was Will Purdue, I believe. And, Purdue made this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Williams had five different, five rebounds at half. He finished the game with five rebounds. Oh. What, cha- what changed? Like the like you mentioned, the substitution patterns, by the time they brought him back in, into the game, DeMar was already resorting to iso ball, hero ball stuff. And here's the thing. When he goes was in, actually effective at that, too. But the problem is what you're about to get to is now everybody's standing around watching DeMar from the yes. end of the third, start of the fourth. The other players aren't touching it. They're not moving the ball. They're not in rhythm. They're not going to hit their shots. They're, you know, the entire offense has died. So it doesn't matter if DeMar is effective at that mid, at that isolation game. The reason you go to it at the end of games is because like you're not trying to continue your offense through in that form. It's just the end of the game. You want the best shot at the end of the game or, or the last couple of minutes, you know, defenses have tightened up. But mm-hmm. you can't go to it. For the last quarter and a half, you you can't do that and win. It, it's just no. not efficient. It's it's not, and it, and that's that's what's so frustrating about this. Whole I thing. think you were about to say like the other players get out of rhythm. They haven't touched the ball. They're yeah. not they're not cutting. And Kobe moving. White, Io Desumu, Patrick Williams, they all get out of out of rhythm because they're not touching the ball. And then Vooch just resorts to being a spot up guy at the top of the key or at the corner. Yeah. And, and and now you've lost all of that. And and you know what else is it's frustrating? Kobe's been playing really, really well. I mean, I, I don't think Io's been playing badly, but I mean maybe. He's just you been start missing Kobe. my I don't think you start Kobe. I me personally, I don't I don't think you start Kobe still. I think you I, I don't know. They went away from it because of the injury, but I think you you stay with Caruso as a starter. And then you have Io coming off the bench with Kobe White. My whole issue that I'm having with Kobe White is that, look, you can't do it, anything about it this year, but I want him to work on that three-point catch-and-shoot shot in the summer because he's missed so many wide-open, uncontested threes in the corners that he has, it's but starting to get frustrating. He's the only player outside of Zach who's, who like, the other team even bothers to guard out there. You know, who they he actually stretches the floor a little. Well, Patrick but Williams you're right. If, lately. He... They don't really guard him. He, his his shots are always wide, wide open when he takes them. Well, his three-point shots, anyway. He takes them when he's wide open. If there's even a hint of a contest, he usually drives the ball or passes it. Yeah, he usually takes one dribble into the mid-range and pulls mm-hmm. up. And he's a great – like, I, I I actually – he's he's playing so well now that I, I actually don't really have any criticisms 
real oh, no. criticisms of Pat. No, Lowe. no. Uh, he started off slow, obviously, but I know. still think it hurt the Bulls a lot in the beginning of the year to not start Javante. Like you know, I think that his he was in a rhythm. He was shooting three pointers. He was he was playing well with the starting group. Pat Will was struggling. I think they should have made that change then, but whatever. Maybe it paid off in the long run, and that's why Pat Will is playing well now. Uh, I think he would have been improving regardless. Either way, that's done and over with. Pat Will should be starting now. He's he's earned the spot. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's definitely earned it. I think uh, Javante also missing so many times. Yeah, he's, he's who knows when he comes back from injury. But like, we can't even look at injuries, man. This team is as whole as it, as as any team in the league really mm-hmm. at this time of the year. It's it's ludicrous for them to dude. They fucking lost to 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 Charlotte, the one of the worst teams in the league. The and third to Indiana. worst team record wise in the entire NBA. In the entire NBA, man. And not and by a lot those four those teams at the bottom those four teams at the bottom the the Spurs the the Rockets the Pistons and the Hornets are really far behind the other teams they're terrible like uh, I I can't believe they lost to Charlotte after they lost to Indiana who yes is technically above them in the standings but was on like a seven game losing streak and was missing their only real good player in Tyrese Halliburton. Unbelievable! You know what? Ridiculous. That, that's like the fourth time this year, I think, that the Bulls have failed to win four in a row. Like they're they, I think they're the only team in the this East that the, hasn't won four. Yeah, in a row. this is the third or fourth time. And the guys in the post game show mentioned it. Like every single playoff team at some point throughout the season go on a winning streak mm-hmm. to cementify their spot in the standings. The Bulls have yet to be able to rattle off anything longer than a three-game win streak. Last and, year and they did it. Dude, Last what's, year they what's, did it. What's worse to me in that is that each time they've had an opportunity for a fourth win, it's not like they were like, "Oh, you had a chance to do it against the Bucks." I think that might have been once. What? What? They they lost to the Rockets the last time they had a three-game winning streak at home. Yeah. yeah. The actual and worst. Another 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 stat. Another stat was the I think it was uh the Houston Rockets have the worst record on the road and they got that win on the road. Then yeah. they lost this this past Thursday to the Hornets who have the worst home record. Yep. And they somehow managed to to lose to, to Charlotte in there. Charlotte yeah. and Houston. Jesus fuck, man. It's like it's it's so frustrating. They lost to San Antonio too. Like they lost they're... to San Antonio. That that frustrated me at the time. That was that was such a terrible loss. They and like you said We've talked about this. Like, okay, you can have a bad game. Like, I think the the 72 and 10 Bulls lost to a bad Hornets team or a bad Raptors team, I think, too. But that's it. You can have, like, a couple of these, right? Yeah. You can't lose to the Rockets and the Magic and the Hornets and the Pacers without Halliburton and the Timberwolves without Gobert or or, uh, or Towns and and to uh, who else did they just lose to without their their best players? There's some other team in there I can't even fucking remember. I mean, they, they oh my god, the Wizards without Beal or Porzingis. How how can you lose to that team? Then they lost to the. Did you? Now I can't remember. I, I think I spaced out for a bit. But like they lost to the Magic without Bankair. We mentioned yep. that. We, we mentioned that Dude, already. I, I have no confidence. They're playing. We're recording this before the Orlando game, which takes place on a Saturday evening. I have no confidence they're going to beat Orlando. They're, Orlando's got Paolo back. They've even got uh, uh, Jonathan Isaac, who hasn't played for two years back. Like, yeah, they actually. I think they rattled off two two straight wins since he came back. 
I, beginning of the year, I said they would be the team that was just outside the play-in, like that one team that made a surprise run. And, right. and they're dangerous, man. Franz Wagner is good. Like Wendell Carter Jr. as a vendetta against us, kind of justifiably. And I feel like him and Bobby Portis, both of them, yeah. when, when, whenever they play the Bulls, have a vendetta against us for some reason. Jeez. Well, Bobby Portis just sees Nikola Mirotic's face like every time and just gets <laughs> just fired up. He probably he's, looks at a picture of him in the locker. He sees red. Yeah, he has it on, like, on <laughs> his, in his locker. He, he has like a picture hanging in his locker. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Oh, Jesus. Or maybe he, he sees Nikola Vucevic like close enough. Just is Nikola's and Nikola, right? Yeah. Nikola's and Nikola. I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm go right through them. Okay. Jeez, man. This... Uh, yeah, I. Uh, this has been really frustrating. And then we were talk. We talked. Uh, you know, when I talked about roster Jenga trades that we made, the proposals. You know, ki- kind of in that podcast, I did go. I was originally only going to end with one wild trade in that Lakers one that I was proposing for AD. You know, like as like my outlandish, like not going to happen trade, only because mm-hmm. I I heard uh, Simmons and Lowe talk about the Clippers possibly moving on from Kawhi or PG that I, I was like, all right, I'll throw one more in there. But the rest yeah. of the trades are very doable. The Bulls need to do something, man. At the very least, if you're going to be this bad, there's no reason to hang on to Dragic and Drummond. Uh, get I don't care what you get, man. Get some marginal upgrade. And if you can get real value for Alex Caruso, let that man play on a team that actually is, is fucking not shit and Honestly. will actually value his contributions. So I'm glad you brought that up because there are a few rumors that, that I saw circulating within the last two days, especially today involving Chicago Bulls players in the trade deadline, given that it's looming. It's uh, I believe it's uh, February on the 9th. 9th. February 9th. So one we're week like before All-Star Weekend, yeah. One week before All-Star Weekend. So the big name that I saw was Andre Drummond. Wouldn't be, that, that insiders wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved. And honestly, that makes sense, given the fact Outsiders that he, wouldn't be surprised. No one should be surprised. No one should be surprised. <laughs> uh no, no one's surprised because he's been out, in and out of the rotation. When he does get some minutes, it's been sporadic. He's literally out of Billy Donovan's rotation. He's been replaced by Derrick Jones Jr. when they go small ball, which has been working. It's because here's the thing. As much as like Drummond's rebounding has been helping the Bulls, and it's great to have another big body behind Fooch. They're too often ta- challenged, man. Yes, he's oftentimes he makes some plays where you just like dude you are not you are not the all-star drummond that you used to be and by the way even then he would do some of these dumbass things but it's like you can get away with it when you're when you're an all-star contributor you can't get away with it as like you know a, the, a, the second string center right you know at this point i'd rather have dwight howard on the bench as opposed Ooh, to that's, Andre that's going a bit far <laughs> i mean he's balling over there but honestly i don't care if he was in the rotation i don't care if he played like 15 minutes a night consistently behind vucevic every single game you fucking suck all right, but, but get something from a team that be, that will needs a backup center to shore up their playoff positioning Denver. going in. Right, Denver, Philly, Brooklyn, whoever the fuck it is, man. Like, yeah. No, if you can get that, that's what I'm saying. There are teams that are real contenders, and those are the ones that I mentioned who I was main, the most serious about in my proposals. There were the Denver Nuggets, the Dallas Mavericks, the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, Golden State Warriors. These teams there's a premium right now because so many teams are in contention. There's a premium on those marginal players and even like, uh, uh, you know, sixth, seventh man type of players that there's not many available because so many teams are in contention. The bulls need to take advantage of that and be on the phone. Don't wait till the trade deadline, be on the phone. Now be on the phone now 
and, and find a deal because uh, you need something better going into next year. Yeah, a lot of yeah. the trades I, I I proposed, the reason they were like, you know, more around the edges, you know, trading players like like Caruso and Drummond and Dragic, um, that the reason why I centered mostly around those guys is because you take a small step back this year but it should be a more complete team next year, or you have assets that you can use to improve for next year. True. Um, a player that wasn't mentioned in your Jenga trade episode, but has been mentioned in rumors, drawing an interest from both the Pistons and the Charlotte Hornets, who just recently played the Bulls, is Io DeSumo. Mm -hmm. uh, what, are your what were your immediate thoughts when you saw the reports that he's drawing interest? Obviously, not surprising that he's drawing in interest from these teams that have younger talent that are still looking to rebuild, especially like Detroit and Charlotte. I don't think he's been playing bad enough. Like, I know he's been missing a lot of corner threes, and I've just been pissed about that because they're wide the fuck open. He's just, like, bricking them or just clanking them off the rim. He's been missing a bit too much at the rim, too, like with some of his – because he goes in so fast, and he doesn't really yeah. have, like, an offhand move. He has to finish with his right no it's, matter – Look, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't personally think you need to give up on Iowa Desumo. I think from this whole team, if you're looking to blow up the team – you the two guys you keep on the three guys you keep on the team is uh is Patrick Williams, Io DeSumo, and Dalen Terry, your your three youngest players on the team. Heck at that point I might even keep Kobe White because I, I Kobe's so well. actually younger than Io, so yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I forgot to mention he's I think he's a year younger than, than Io. So those are the four guys I'd keep if you're looking to blow it up and rebuild and go after and try to like bottom out and try to like keep your first round pick. So that that's actually you you lead right into like my reasoning, which I didn't mention and I really wanted to, I should have on the on the pod. One of the reasons I'm putting Caruso in a lot of these trades is because I think Iodosumu, uh, like these guys can fill that role, right? Like that that sort of versatile defensive kind of like can also be a secondary ball handler type of guy. And that is Iodosumu can fill that role. Let's say Hopefully next year Lonzo is back, and if you're still trying to contend, I would I think you can hope for the improvement from Io and Kobe to be able to step up enough because Kobe's been a lot improved, man. Defensively, oh, yeah. again, he's not a liability anymore. His ball handling, his playmaking, even rebounding, and and yeah, he's making plays even on defense. Like I said, Dude, he's not just being solid. A lot of times when I see us getting offensive rebounds, it's usually Kobe White at the other end with the ball in his hand after an offensive rebound. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you know, so my thing is like if the Bulls were, you know, in contention to even be in the sixth spot, you know, ideally you'd be in the top four, like you'd be fighting to make the top four and have a real like, okay, you can make some noise in the playoffs type of team. Then, yeah, I, I would keep Caruso because he's going to be better this year than those guys. But you're not going to be one of those teams, man. You got to improve overall to do that. And that's why I would deal Caruso in the hopes that next year you can shore up a different position in the IO trade or in the Kobe or excuse me, the Alex Caruso trade and then have IO DeSumo and Kobe White be a little bit more improved and be able to take a step up to fill that role that that Caruso currently does. Caruso is pretty limited offensively, man. Like He really is. And that's the thing that frustrates me. If he was just even like just a slightly bit more consistent of a three point shooter, he I, I'd say no way you trade him. But he does add so much value. That, and I'm glad that you brought up Caruso because that's the other guy that's been rumored in trades is uh, he went from being untouchable to the Bulls wanting at least two first round picks for him. Which, which I, I would take that. Like, yes, 
demand I don't that. think I don't. If you're another team, I don't think you give up three. No, first you round don't. Picks. But like I said, the value. But if right you're the now, Bulls, if you're the Bulls, you can get two first round picks. You gave up two first round picks for Vooch, and you're that's what you me- should be asking for because of the dearth of players available on the market and the desperation of some of these some of these playoff teams, especially teams in the West. Dude, in the yeah. West, like you could be out of the, you could not even make the play-in, like by a game. You know, you could be in the playoffs and out of the play-in. Like you have no idea. Everyone from the Warriors to the Blazers and Suns and uh, uh, Lakers, like all, all those teams, should be desperate. Like even on the even on the Eastern Conference side of things, you're looking at a team like the Milwaukee Bucks or a Miami Heat or a New York Knicks. The the Knicks and the Warriors are the two teams that have been linked most with Alex Caruso, obviously. Or Brooklyn. Brooklyn could really use you know Brooklyn. Use him. They they have a redundancy in Patty Mills and Seth Curry right now. They could definitely use more. I defense. take back. I, I take back Seth Curry. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, we need more three point shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my ideal trade candidate would be either the Warriors or the New York Knicks. And ironically, those are the two teams that are linked to him because the Knicks do have an abundance of draft picks that they were initially going to use. Yes, they do. In, in that, uh, in that Donovan Mitchell trade that kind of fell through at the last minute because of the involvement or lack of involvements of an RJ Barrett. And by the way, Brooklyn has a pick. I think Philly's pick in that from the Simmons Simmons Harden trade. So yes. Brooklyn has Philly's pick also. Exactly. So so Brooklyn has that. But also the New York Knicks have a guy like a Cam Reddish who I'd like to take a flyer on. Maybe yeah. a Nobi Toppin. Maybe an Isaiah Hardenstein. I know you're a fan of I would of him. love to have that, have Hardenstein, who, by the way, uh, stuffed uh, Donovan Mitchell at the rim the other day for a next yes, victory. Yes, exactly. So. Uh, they also have a guy like an Emmanuel Quickly who I wouldn't mind having taking a flyer off him just to make the contracts and salaries work. Heck, if you expand the trade, like you know, we'll talk about it in my blow it up podcast, but there's avenues here to yeah. make things work. All I wanted to go ahead and extensively look into each team's uh, draft capital before I do the blow right. it up podcast, because I want to have my, my ducks in a row for that. Yeah. But the New York Knicks for the picks reasons, because I think their picks out of all the other picks entice me the most. Yeah. But then you look at Golden State. Maybe and their you can, players, their young players. Maybe you can get at least one first round pick, and then maybe you can snag one of those young guys, either a Mo, uh, uh, like Emmanuel, uh, Moody, sorry, Moses Moody, um, Jonathan Kaminga. If you can, you, know, you somehow... pull the Kendrick Perkins. I had a thing going where I, I was going to do like Kendrick Perkins on draft night. Couldn't pronounce Moses Moody's name, the easiest <laughs> fucking name to pronounce, and uh, went on for like thirty seconds. It was kind of hilarious. You should look up that clip. And I was planning to call him a different. I might, go, I might stick to it, man. I might, I might go back to, it. I might go to a um, podcast. But the uh, the the other guy also as well is um, James Wiseman. If like they've completely given up on the guy, he's not even in the rotation. I take a flyer on James Wiseman and a first round pick for Caruso. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you look at these, if you look at the rumors and what you just said, and that was kind of what I was, my whole intention in those those sort of Jenga roster, you know, uh, uh, kind of tinkering around the edges that I did in in, uh, in that podcast that we put out was mm-hmm. to illustrate how much is possible out there, mm-hmm. how much you should be able to do, and how many realistic trades are available with teams like Dallas and Denver and, and Golden State and Brooklyn yeah. and Philly. So I think you definitely should should be out there. I love that report that the Bulls are looking for, for two first-round picks. Definitely put that out there, and let's see what we can get, man. Get get Squeeze these teams, play them off against each other, prove that you're actually not just – 
you know, the flash in the pan GM or, you know, president of basketball operations, whatever, for our tourist commissioners and Mark Eversley and, mm-hmm. and make a deal where you squeeze the other team for a change. Because so far you've gotten squeezed. Some of it has paid off. Lonzo was great, but now he's injured. Damar was a great. Some of it hasn't. And, you know, Vooch has been, it's been good, but we, that I feel trade like, really hurts. I feel it like really that hurts. trade really hurts. I feel like, let's say that trade didn't include this year's pick. Let's say it only includes. Yeah. The, why the why fr- two first round picks and Wendell Carter Jr. and taking gave, back a bad contract? You took back. Yeah. You took back a bad contract. You gave up a young player in Wendell Carter Jr. and you gave up a first round pick. That should have been more than enough. That should have been enough. Why a second one? That was insane. A second first round pick? Like it was unnecessary. You know, you, you know what my theory is? My theory is that this front office was kind of like are like uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Felt pressure from ownership to turn turn things around quickly and yeah. wanted to have a playoff team ASAP. And I think Orlando sensed that pressure and and jumped. Yes, out. because here's the thing: they only took like half a season to assess the roster. They should, I, if I were them, I would have fired uh, Jim Boylan from the jump. Yeah, the minute they got hired, which they didn't. It was hilarious that they took like several months to think about it. Like, yeah. I don't know what there was to think about. Yeah, exactly. Jesus fucking. Anyways, I think they jumped the gun on Billy Donovan a little bit too soon. I would have preferred an I may Udoka. Obviously, we saw what he was able to do with uh, Boston. Yep. But nonetheless, let's say it's still Billy Donovan as the head coach. You let Billy Donovan and the entire team run all that. Because they were about to, I felt like they were slowly starting to turn it around. Yeah. And then they made the trade. And I felt like it just came out of nowhere. No one ever, no one even heard that Vooch was even in play for the Bulls. He, everyone knew that he was in play, the trade deadline. And that, by the way, was the end of Laurie Markinen's tenure in Chicago because him and Vucevic can in absolutely no way, shape, or form share the floor. They just can't. They, they just couldn't because off, defensively, between the both of them, there they, they just was the no, liabilities are way too high. The, yeah. yeah, exactly. And here's the thing: I was always high on Lowry Marketing. Same. I I was a little bit higher on Zach as I thought he had more star potential than Lowry Marketing. I obviously now currently obviously recency bias. I feel like Lowry Marketing is the bigger has the bigger potential than a Zach Levine. If you tell me right now that the team that we're slowly building consists of a Zach Levine. Uh, Lowry Marketing, a Wendell Carter Jr., that first round pick. Let's say, let, assume it's Franz Wagner, assume it's some other young star. He's there, right? And then we had Io DeSumo as a second round pick. Okay, you added him. Then you go into this, the, the, the summer after that, right? No, it was Patrick Williams, not yeah. Io. Now you have a team of Zach, Pat, Lowry, Wendell, right? You go into that summer with the the Mar- with the Lonzo stuff. We all knew he was coming to Chicago. Yeah. He was a foregone conclusion. You got him for Thomas Sedaransky, Garrett Temple, and a second round pick. That was a fucking fleece. Now your team is looking like Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, Patrick Williams, Larry Markinen, and Wendell Carter Jr. Yep. Le- now and, and you still have guys like Thaddeus Young coming off and the bench. You still have Kobe White. <laughs> you still have Kobe White. You still have players. This team is start, now starting to look deep. And here's you may not have Javante Green, you have Daniel Gafford coming out. I think that's the only trade at the trade deadline. That I'd say they still do. I think they still should have done the Daniel Gafford trade, yeah, and, and 
the trade with Boston where they ended up with Javante Green and uh, Daniel Tice because I thought that that was still a solid team. So you still make that Javante Green trade. And here's here's my thing. Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball. I don't look. I don't think Vooch was the the big thing that helped the mark come. No man, the money was the money was. Nobody because else could give him the money. Tell me that because they what, what did they execute the, tr- the trade with? I think they used uh, 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 Afro and Thaddeus Young. Yeah, Afro Rigamino is the bad contract we took back from Orlando, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and by may- the way, that's the reason San Antonio demanded a first round pick is because they were taking on Aminu's contract. If you do a sign and trade, you give them Thaddeus Young. Let's say you still give up the first round pick, let's say you throw. Maybe the, the bad contract in there, maybe it's a Daniel Tice, right? Or Kobe White, like, you know, or whatever. But, like, I mean, it, it, either way, I think you, yeah, you could have still made the DeMar trade or sign-in trade. Um, I think you would have, and I think they would have definitely found a way to make it work, no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you had at that time, did we get Derek Jones Jr. possibly? We got, oh, we got, got him, him later. We got him we got, later. him. we got him through in the, the Lowry market yeah. in the yeah. Lowry. So, so whatever. Let's. But I think like tomorrow would definitely still come because we were giving the most money. You you would have San Antonio was going to lose him either way. You could have worked it out, figured out a way to make that sign and trade work, no matter what. I agree with here, you. Here, here's my thing. Like one of the caveats with the boot trades, like oh, you know, management wanted to like talk Zach into staying or whatnot, and wanted to make sure that he wasn't going anywhere. And it's like, you traded for Vooch and you guys still missed the play-in tournament. The in play-in the bubble, tournament. In the bubble, like, that play-in tournament was extended. They had, like, you know, they had extra teams in there to see, like, who could make it, uh, you know. The Bulls every, weren't even, like... The Bulls didn't like, even get that invite. That's no, how bad they, they were. Even, exactly. And look, if they don't make the Vooch trade, look, they have... They, I think they still end up with uh, with Zoe. They end, they still have Zach. They have Patrick Williams. They have Larry Markin. They have Wendell Carter Jr. I, I think they still have Kobe White. I think they still make that DeMar DeRozan trade. Now you're looking like a fucking stacked ass team because you have Wendell who can, who's a better fit alongside Larry Marketing. You have a DeMar DeRozan. Maybe he starts. Maybe he's a six-man coming off the bench with Patrick Williams starting. The thing is, Wendell's a better fit along DeMar because he's more of a rim protector and is, you know, less of a, a offensive, you know. He you know. does. He doesn't clog the paint as much. Right. And then I'm sure you can still get a Caruso. I'm sure you're still able to swing that trade for a Javante. I mean, even it's just it's frustrating. Like, yeah, that 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 stuff still hurts. And then but, you still have the pick of a Franz Wagner or whoever was available. Matter of fact, I'm gonna look up that. So AK AK got squeezed, right? Like he yes. did. He did one trade where he where he pulled off a steal in Lonzo. He did one trade where it's just good value and just a good trade in Demar, and he got one trade in which we got squeezed like really hard and he buckled and gave in and gave the other team everything they wanted in the uh, uh, trade with Orlando. Um, and now I want to see like in this trade deadline, I want to see him. You have a piece that you can use to squeeze other teams. That's not even considering the blow it up possibilities, mm-hmm. but Caruso, you can sque- squeeze the value out, man. We we can't make as much use of Alex Caruso's talent as the other teams can in the West and East. And so, therefore, that's why you should trade him. Okay, he's offensively limited, and you know where he's. 
I'm hoping he sticks around the league for a long time, but probably yeah. this is his prime. This is his time right now. And he's on a great contract and you can squeeze other teams and get value out of him. Now, if you blow it up, as you're going to propose in our next pod, um, yeah, you can probably get some really great value for other players too. Uh, Damar, uh, I don't know about how much value you can get from Vooch, but just salary matching wise, you might be mm -hmm. able to to help out another team yeah. since his contract expires this year. Uh, and of course, if they decide to move on from Zach as well, the only problem with moving on from Zach and you know going ahead with that is that, again, as I mentioned in our last pod, is that's a full full tank rebuild, and that I don't long term, know. Here, here's here's my thing. I was gonna post this question before we revisit the the 2021 draft and what the Bulls could have done if they had that number eight pick. Between the big three of Demar, Zach, and Vooch, I think I've settled on I'd rather keep Vooch, extend them this summer, and I feel like he's still a top ten center in the NBA, and I'd rather have him, and then and then trade one of if not both Demar and Zach. I like Demar more than Zach. That's just personal bias, but I think you can get the most out of Demar in terms of value. Yeah, I do. Zach does yeah. play better with Vooch. But again, like you, you can see a scenario. Like I thought about this the other day. This could be similar to the Denver Nuggets when they traded Allen Iverson for Chauncey Billups. Turns the whole team around. It feels like it's just a minor move within the bubble, but it fixes everything. It, Milwaukee, they traded Eric Bledsoe for Drew Holiday, and it's changed everything dramatically. It feels like these are minor, like around the edges moves. It feels like. They're not really changing much, but sometimes it's just about fit. And I, I just do... think, uh, I just think those teams are closer to being championship contenders than the Bulls are. And I think, like, if you do that trade, I don't know. I, I mean, you could be right. Maybe we get enough value back for Zach that you that you really can build a contender out of Demar and Vooch after that, and and Pat Will and Lonzo and and Kobe, etc. Mm -hmm. But I just think because then you're really limiting yourself. Demar's thirty three. Um, you know, Vooch is on the older side, like over 30. So now I just, I, I, I've lost all like confidence in Zach Levine being a key part. I can see him being a, like a number two or number three in a championship contender, but I do not see him. I, he, I've lost all faith. He's going to have to work to prove me otherwise. I mean, if you deal Zach, uh, I don't know, like people like that LA thing has come up again. Uh, I think Zach Lowe and Ramona Shelburne. Were I don't do that. It. I don't do that. I don't think I don't do that either. Only because while I love those picks, they're so far out that you can't help the DeMar Vooch team then. And that then, you know, unless you flip them in another trade, which I don't see available at the moment. I only do that Zach trade if I'm getting some kind of young talent. Here's the thing. You need to they get have some kind of. I'd rather and, deal them to Dallas, honestly. And, and, we're going to talk about that blow it up one. Yeah. There's two teams. I, I'd love to I, see Zach win a championship with Luca, man. That'd be great. That'd be really I cool. have one third team for Zach to go to, and it's in the Western Conference. Well, actually, I have Zach going one, two, three, four. Four different Zach <laughs> Levine destinations. Wow, that's going to be fun. All right. Four different Zach Levine. It's initially supposed to be a six-star picks, but it might go longer. Okay. Uh, speaking of going longer, I think we've gone longer. Yeah, I think we've about. ranted, ranted and rave. We got our thoughts yeah, out. I think uh, we got it all out of our systems. So yeah. just to recap, the Bulls it gave the number eight pick to the Orlando Magic in that Vucevic trade. Let's say the Bulls keep it. I don't know if Franz Wagner is projected to be the Bulls pick, but 
Followed that, you have Davion Mitchell, Zaire Williams, James Booknight, Chris Duarte, Moses Moody, who I couldn't pronounce his name. Moody Bones. Alf, I, you're going to have to help me out. Sangoon. From oh, Rock. Alperin Sangoon, yeah. Yes. Trey Murphy the third. Yeah. Trey Mann. Kai Jones. Keon Johnson. Uh, Quentin Grimes. Bones Highland, who I fucking love. He's I a love, fun player, yeah. Yeah. Just to, name a, just to name a few. Like, any of those players alongside Wendell Carter Jr., I think would have been. I, I Honestly... If I were the front office, then I would I, I, I would have just slowly kept building through the draft. Yeah, I, I like that team. I had trades out there I was looking for there where I wanted to, to build that team up. But, oh, well, that's over with. As we are now, we have, uh, we're have we a team that has lost to Charlotte and Indiana. And uh, we'll see. We're probably about to lose to the Magic tonight. Yeah, uh, so I have decided that this is going to go up first. So this is going to be episode 38 instead of 39. And then the all-star prediction is going to go up Monday, which will be the 39th episode. So this yeah, I was will be just that to you. Just yes. uh, let this come out before the Orlando game. And it'll be, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So with that being said, uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Well, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SES Vince. You can follow the show on Instagram straight talk underscore pod. You can follow Basharat on Instagram system Lord without the E. And you can follow him on Twitter at System Lords Tech. So go ahead and check that out. Let us know what you think about the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Are you a Bulls fan? Do you just like watching us implode from the outside looking in? Uh, do you want to vent a little too? Do you want to vent a little too? Is there a team you want us to vent for you? Lakers fans, we're talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but with that being said, uh, this has been the Straight Talk Podcast, guys. We'll catch you guys on the next time we need to rant about some Chicago Bulls. Later, y'all. Peace.